0: Yeah, good god it's cold. It was minus 11 degrees Celsius when I left the house this morning at 5.30. Minus 11. Wow. That's northern, central European type temperatures in the winter, isn't it? Well, in fact, in some parts of Central Europe, it gets much colder. It's very cold out there, but it's warm in here. I'm Richie Allen, your BBG, with you till 7 o'clock this evening. I'll be taking your phone calls a bit later on in the programme. Before that, I have a very interesting guest indeed, Thursday's show. Let's do it then.
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host...
0: Richie Allen. Yes, this program is going out on Fab Radio 2 in Manchester. That's fabradiointernational.com Also on the TuneIn app, tunein.com. Lots of places to hear The Richie Allen Show. In case you're listening on the website and traffic gets heavy as it does, keep that in mind. Okay. I'll be joined this hour by Natalie Bird. You might have heard of Natalie. Natalie is suing the Liberal Democrats Party. The Liberal Democrats. She was barred last year from, from running for Parliament. Why? For 10 years, they barred her for 10 years, why? Because she said, transgender women are not women. She is suing the Liberal Democrats, she's crowdfunding that, and it's going quite well. We're going to talk to Natalie about that and all of the issues around her legal case with the Liberal Democrats. Don't miss that. Natalie Byrd on the programme this hour. And as I said a little bit later on, after we chat with Natalie, I'll be taking your phone calls on anything you care to chat with me about. How about that? I think that's not too bad. Yes, not too bad for a Thursday. It is cold. Let me do that thing again. Do If you do pass somebody who is sleeping rough... And if you do have the means, do ask them if they need anything, like a big heavy coat or a warm sandwich or a meal or something. Just keep it in mind when you're out and about around the town centres and the city centres, it's absolutely freezing. I do believe that there are some amazing people in Manchester and Salford working around the clock to make sure that people who are sleeping rough who find themselves in that situation actually have some place to stay when the weather is as bad as this. And by bad, I mean it's absolutely freezing in the night time. So, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep them in mind, please, if you don't mind. Okay. Speaking of the, the this issue around trans and self-identification and all of that, I don't know if you read this on my website. I swiped it from The Telegraph. But there is a, a documentary called Adult Human Female, and it's challenging transgender ideology and examining opposition to transgender ideology in the UK. And this film was due to be shown at the University of Edinburgh. A a screening had been organised by academics for academic freedom, but it was cancelled because the the event, the screening was stormed by so-called trans activists who stormed into a lecture theatre where it was going to be screened. They stormed in to stop the showing of the film. Yeah claiming it to be transphobic and claiming that it endangered trans people on the campus of Edinburgh University and beyond. Farcical scenes really. But concerning scenes, there's a video of this on social media, you can find it on richieallen.co.uk a video of a a person called Robin Woof that's W-O-O-F who describes himself as a trans woman and on the video he is telling the 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 organizers of the film that he is a trans woman and a female and he is derided for doing that it's interesting check it out on richieallen.co.uk we'll be talking about these issues With Natalie Bird a bit later on. There's a lot of controversy in Scotland right now because there's a vote next week on legislation that would allow Scottish people to change their legal sex simply by making a declaration or signing a declaration. And that vote will take place at Holyrood next week. And it'll be pretty idle, pretty lively between now and then the social media arguments around this particular issue. Five minutes past the hour. Uh, Boris Johnson is a clown. I, I don't think that is in any doubt. I think we've established that long before the COVID stuff. An absolute clown, Boris Johnson. Has there ever been a worse public speaker than Boris Johnson in living memory? There might be. I remember a guy many years ago, but if I mention it, it'll be terrible because I'm I'm actually sure that it would get back to him. Uh, There was a guy in Waterford who ran as an independent for the county council in Waterford and he was from a pretty obscure and fairly backwards village. I can't name it or I'll never be allowed to go home ever again. They'll be lying in wait for me. But this guy was horrendous, I remember. I had to do an interview with him and I I was so glad it wasn't face-to-face because I kept luring my fader to laugh at this guy. He was so bad. But Boris Johnson is the worst of all time. You might remember back in 2007 at the Conservative Party conference, Johnson gave a speech. He was the MP for Henley at the time. And while he was giving his speech, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, and the governor of of California, maybe at the time he was, the governor of California, he was on video link and he was being set up to follow Boris Johnson. But he could hear Johnson from California and they accidentally hot mic Arnie. So while Johnson is fumbling and bumbling and stumbling and muttering his way through his speech in 2007, Arnie is sitting there waiting to go live saying this, saying that he's fumbling all over the place. If Arnold Schwarzenegger declares you to be a poor public speaker, you're in a bad place. Why am I mentioning this? Um, because it was announced today that since leaving office, in some disgrace, Johnson has earned £1 million for, wait for it, one, two, three, four speeches. Not five, not three, four. Four speeches, a cool million pounds. Yeah. Yeah, leave it there, Richie. We have the worst radio presenters in the world right now. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Everybody has gone partridge. They've all turned partridge. It it was James O'Brien, wasn't it? Partridge. Richard Madeley, who doesn't do radio, I don't think, anymore, doesn't present radio, he, these days, can be found on Good Morning Britain. They're all turning partridge. They're all getting very fond of themselves and fond of their place in the media landscape. Very... they have a great expression in France... I I won't attempt to say it in French, but it's something like sending yourself flowers. They love themselves. They've all turned Alan Partridge. They are so up their own backsides. Listen to Talk Radio's Micah Graham, full Partridge here. He read a report yesterday that the Royal Mail strikes have resulted in parcels piling up at depots and that rats and foxes were nibbling them. So the conservative media of course, is very much against the striking nurses, the ambulance drivers, the transport workers, the rail workers, and everybody else. I'm, of course, in support of all of these uh, industrial actions. Of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? 100% might talk about that a bit later on, might not. But good luck. Comrades, I would say, tongue-in-cheek there. But no, I am uh, totally in support of the workers. But the conservative media is um, trying to demonise them. I'm not saying there are not some legitimate questions about patient care. I'm not saying those are not legitimate questions. As you and I agree, I think we agree, issues are nuanced and they are complex. They're not simply black and white issues. But I support the workers. Nurses are not so much concerned about their own pay. They have to be because it isn't rising in real terms. It isn't rising at the rate of inflation. And they're struggling like everybody else in the country. But they're also sounding the alarm, nurses, many nurses, about the problems with patient care because of critical staffing issues in nursing. So nurses are good people, the the great majority of them, and as I said, the ambulance drivers and the rail workers and the post office workers, I support you all. But the conservative media is having a go at them, and this made me laugh. This guy, Mike Graham, full on pure partridge, um, read this report that the strikes have resulted in parcels piling up at depots and that rats and foxes we're, we're basically nibbling on, on these parcels.
3: It's worse than that because now the Communication Workers Union, uh, who represent most of the postal workers in this country, they're also now uh, being exposed as actually damaging Christmas and possibly ruining it for thousands and thousands and thousands of people because they've been exposed they've been exposed have
0: the postal workers for ruining Christmas for thousands and thousands and thousands of people they've been exposed
3: because pictures this morning uh, from a Bristol uh, post office show an awful lot of packages being held In a huge pile, a mountain you might call it, uh, of Christmas presents that people are sending using the Royal Mail to all sorts of parts of the country and possibly even all parts of the world. This is the main Bristol depot in Filton, you can see pictures of here. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of packages. And the problem is, not only are they sitting out uh, as they are there, uh, they are being exposed not only to the elements but also uh, to foxes and to rats. Now, I don't know about you, but if you live in any kind of urban section of this country, you will know that there are foxes absolutely everywhere. And one of the worst things that foxes do uh, is they leave behind evidence of their presence. If you, I, I live in Salford.
0: Before that, I lived in central Manchester. I haven't ever... I saw one fox. I saw one fox one morning about four years ago, and I have never encountered
3: fox poo. And I'm out all the time with my dogs, that's just me. ...presents, if you know what I mean, without me being too graphic about it. Just say poo. Uh, Similarly with rats, rats carry diseases with them, and they carry something particular called wiles disease, and if they urinate on... wiles disease. ...packages, those packages may also be transmitters of disease. This is a health issue, ladies and gentlemen, you might even call it a health emergency. Health emergency. emergency. ...because what if you were to open your package, your Christmas present, over the Christmas period. Maybe one of your kids opens up a new teddy bear they've been sent by Granny. But inside the teddy bear, there's a rat that has managed to burrow its way in
0: and is staring out at you. You got some clever rats, don't they, in the UK? Some really clever rats. Rats that are so clever, they can burrow their way into packaging, presents and that for children, and then reseal the package from the inside. That's what they can do,
3: according to Mike Graham. If you were to open your package, your Christmas present over the Christmas period. Maybe one of your kids opens up a new teddy bear they've been sent by Granny. But inside the teddy bear, there's a rat that has managed to (laughs) burrow its way in and is staring out at you. This is pure partage. It goes on. It gets better and better. Rats. Rats. They're not pleasant creatures, I'm afraid. They're lovely, actually. And they carry disease. What if you have a hamper being delivered? And I know not everyone... What if you have a hamper being delivered? But you can afford to get hampers. But if you can afford to get a hamper, they do them. Even from supermarkets, you can get a hamper of stuff. Wow, did you know that, that you can get a hamper from a supermarket? I'm making a note of it now. And what if a rat has somehow burrowed its way into the bottom of the the hamper? Yeah. You open the hamper at the top end, and there he is again. The rat. The same rat. Staring out at you. Genius. Might have chewed through all the chocolate. Eating all the cheese. Wouldn't leave you so much as a a square of chocolate. I mean, there's nothing worse. Nothing. I don't know. This, I tell you what, will ruin people's Christmases. Once you get a rat in the house, by the way, bad luck, because you won't be able to get them out. Yeah,
0: rent-a-kill. I don't know if you've heard of rent-a-kill. Is that what they're called in the UK, rent-a-kill? Bad luck, because if you get a rat in your house, you won't be able to get it out. You have to get a, I don't know, some sort of a judicial order. You'll have to go to a judge, to a magistrate to get some sort of a decree that the rat has to leave. This guy's mental. And this goes on. This isn't a parody. This is what I mean by pure partridge. They are so up their own arse as these presenters. They have no sense of humiliation, no sense of embarrassment. He goes on. This is serious. I'm not joking. He's not joking. Some of you might think there's more serious things going on. No. Uh, There are certainly more serious things going on than a couple of rats photograph nibbling a box outside a effing post office depot. There are certainly more serious things.
3: This is Christmas. It's Christmas. And it's a period of time when families want to get together but they can't travel. They can't travel. Why not? Why can't they travel? Families want to spend time with each other but they can't heat the house. Families want to have a decent time together after two years of terrible Christmases because of the way that the government ran the COVID lockdowns. And? Now we got rats <laughs> in our Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to the Royal Mail.
0: <laughs> We've got rats in our Christmas presents. Thanks to the Royal Mail. Yeah, we do.
4: Yeah.
0: Alright. Mike Graham on Talk Radio. It's 14 minutes past the hour. There are more serious things going on in the world, so why didn't you lead with them, Richie? Well, because I fancied a laugh today. Families. They can't travel. They can't afford to heat their homes. They just want to enjoy a nice Christmas without opening a present and finding a rat staring back at them. Hmm. Okey-doke. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, was on CNN yesterday. He was asked to comment on the Florida governor, or the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Because Ron DeSantis said this Tuesday, just this Tuesday gone, that he will petition the state Supreme Court to convene a grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And people who believe they have been injured by a COVID vaccine, people in Florida who believe that, are obviously understandably happy to hear this. What's going on? How did these jobs get passed? Why... Were these jabs not submitted to the same rigorous standards of, you know, checking to make sure that they're safe as the vaccines that came before them? Why not? Safety studies and, and whatnot, long term data. Why? So DeSantis says he wants a grand jury. Now, Anthony Fauci, of course, the US government's chief medical advisor, well, he might uh, not be too happy about hearing the comments of Ron DeSantis. He might be worried is he worried he's on CNN or he was yesterday?
5: But the latest now, Dr. Fauci, is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He's now asking the Florida Supreme Court to greenlight an investigation into, in the way he put it, is any, uh, any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. What's your reaction to that?
3: Yeah. I don't have a clue, Kate, what he's asking for. I mean, we have a vaccine that unequivocally is highly effective and safe
0: and by their own admission it isn't effective it doesn't do anything at least it does well it does we know it does something uh, but it doesn't do that which they claimed it does so he must know this by now either that or he's not paying
3: attention and has saved literally millions of lives the nonsense the commonwealth fund has come out with a report just this past week that vaccinations that have been administered over this period of time this last year and a half to 2 years has saved 3.2 million lives 18 million hospitalizations and approximately 1 trillion dollars in costs so what's the problem with vaccines i mean vaccines are life-saving so quite frankly kate i'm not sure what what they're trying to do down there
0: well, it's quite obvious what they're trying to do because they couldn't have put it any more plainly. We want a grand jury to look into the COVID vaccines, how they came to be approved, and are they doing any harm? Now, a an orthopaedic surgeon here in the UK, a doctor, called uh, Mr Ahmad Malik. It could be Ahmad Malik, okay, excuse me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's Ahmad or Ahmad. He is, uh, today he has put a video out saying that he supports the Conservative Party Member of Parliament, Andrew Bridgen, in Bridgen's call for the complete suspension of the COVID mRNA vaccines. I don't think I need to to, to tell you what, what happened on, on Tuesday, but the, Andrew Bridgen had a debate, called a debate and was given a half an hour to debate the whether the vaccines are causing harms or not. And he made some startling statements about cover-ups, about half a million claimed vaccine injuries. He made statements about cover-ups on behalf of the British Heart Foundation. He said that people in the know, in the medical business, are covering up the damage being done to some people's hearts by exposure to COVID mRNA vaccines. This is stunning stuff by Bridgen, but largely the media has ignored it. So now Mr. Ahmad Malik, he's a orthopaedic surgeon, respected apparently. This is what he has had to say in support of Andrew Bridgen.
6: Quite a lot of us have been very concerned about the mass rollout of an experimental, novel medical intervention to millions, if not billions of people around the world without proper long-term safety data. And over the last couple of years, we've seen increasing number of people um, with injuries, with adverse side effects, an increasing number of cancers, neurological conditions, heart disease, clots, and now this bombshell revelation by the MP Andrew Bridgens talking about covering up data about the safety of the mRNA vaccines. Like Dr. Asim Malhotra has said, we really need to suspend the rollout of these vaccines. We need to stop and do a proper investigation to find out what is going on.
0: Would it make a difference to, you know, your neighbour or even your mother or your father who is planning to have another booster and might have another one in the spring? I wonder at this stage, would it make any difference to them hearing the comments of um, Malhotra uh, the comments of this guy, Achmad Malik. The comments of Peter McCulloch. And and if you look at some of the doctors and scientists I've had on, you know, if would it make any difference to them? Would it give them that moment of pause, of indecision? I I just don't know anymore. It's stunning stuff. This this week, what's 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 happened? Yet the mainstream or legacy media is refusing to to discuss it. Absolutely refusing to discuss it. It got um, a brief mention on social media from the goon that presents mid-morning for LBC, James O'Brien, and all he did was mock Andrew Bridgen for being admonished by a judge in the High Court over the winding up of a company. And he mocked Andrew Bridgen for making a silly comment on Irish radio a few years ago when Bridgen said that British citizens have a right to an Irish passport, which is obviously not true. Bridgen was obviously wrong. People can be wrong. I'm wrong a lot of the time. But uh, that's what they do, the media. Laugh at the... Oh, this guy, is it? This guy who did this and uh, the High Court said this and... Yeah, but you're just ignoring the claims made by him which are that half a million people at least have claimed to be injured by one of the mRNA jabs. And in 50 years of conventional jabs, we never had so many complaints. Something must be done about that. Anyway, it's coming up for 21 minutes past the hour. You can comment for me, to me, at me, on the usual ways. Uh, The usual way, go to richieallen.co.uk. I'll be taking your phone calls in the second hour. Up until 7 o'clock. If you keep me going, that is your job. I am putting a task in front of you. From just after 6 o'clock, you've got to keep me on the air till 7. You've got to ring me up and you've got to say interesting things to me. Or... I'm going to the pub, and I'll even tell you which pub, so if you're nearby, you can come and join me. Here are the contact details, just in case you don't know them. I, of course, forgot to ask Raj to put them on social media today, but I'll try and do it during the next piece of music, right? The contact details, please. Please. You know what I was going to do there? I nearly played the Sunday Morning Melodies jingle. Let's have the contact details.
1: It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus 818 2018. Talk to Richie now.
0: After six o'clock. Do you hear me? Thank you very much. It is time for me to line up my first guest. You do not want to miss her speaking with me. On the other side of Lisa Stansfield. This is very important. This. I'll be joined by Natalie Bird. Don't miss her. Back in three minutes. That is Lisa Stansfield on the Richie Allen Show all around the world. The time is 25 and a half minutes past six. Thanks for being with me. Lots of your comments coming in through the website. I'll be taking your calls in the second hour. I'm looking forward to meeting my guest this hour. Um, She is currently in the process of suing the Liberal Democrats, right? Because she was barred from running for Parliament for the party for 10 years because somebody complained about her wearing a t-shirt which uh, had the uh, logo on it woman adult human uh, female and she had previously had uh, some harassment or some hassle in the party back in 2018 when a trans woman complained about uh, my guest suggesting that women re- women's refuges should be segregated based on biological sex. Delighted to welcome to the programme Natalie Bird. Natalie, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Hi Natalie, can you hear us? She can't hear us or we can't hear her. Hello Natalie. Hi, can you hear me? Ah, loud and clear. Do you know what I did there, Natalie? I did a rookie mistake. I, I accidentally knocked you off as I was uh, taking the call in. You wouldn't know that I've been doing this for 20 <laughs> odd years. I'm a bit of a clown. Listen, thanks so much for um, coming on. This is very, very serious. I remember reading about this in, in one of the, I think it was the Mail last year, and I spoke about it on the show because I was covering the issue with people, with um, with trans women, but older trans women who don't support a lot of the silliness that we see at the moment, take us back to i mean you're 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 a member of the liberal democrats you're you're doing well from what I can understand i've been reading quite a bit about you you've got ambition you're somebody who's articulate the the party likes you you're somebody that might you know make make um do a bit of moving and shaking on behalf of the party. And then somebody complained because initially you said that we should segregate the refuges based on biological sex. Tell us about that. What happened then?
7: Yeah, what what happened? I was the chair of the Radical Association at the time. Um, And basically, you know, there was something that came up that basically, you know, trans women should be allowed into women's refuges. And I kind of looked into it a little bit deeper. And then when you realise that, you know, there are an awful lot of trans women that don't seek to have any kind of operations at all. So what you're effectively laying male-bodied trans women, uh, men for all other effects, into women's refuges at a very time where they've gone through abusive relationships, they've left abusive relationships that highly traumatised and highly vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it just seems really strange that we're then allowing them to basically go into the women's refugees and traumatise them further. And this is I mean, important that, to point out, that, now, know, this, this is personal for you. We've we forgotten to centre vulnerable women Yeah, and we're instead focusing on, you know, a minority that These, you know, there doesn't seem to be much evidence of whether how vulnerable I actually are.
0: And an important thing to remember here, and I should have mentioned this in in the introduction, this is very personal to you because you've had abuse in your own life, right?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to leave an abusive relationship with my two boys and all of this had just happened just before I kind of got into this debate internally. So it was all pretty fresh and raw in my own mind. Um, So, yeah. And
0: you make this statement, which I think is pretty reasonable, and I suppose some of our listeners will say, well, that's not surprising, because I've taken a pretty strong point of view myself on this. But it's not an unreasonable thing to say that we should segregate a a women's refuge based on biological sex. And and then somebody called Zoe O'Connell, got annoyed about this. And did you have face-to-face conversations with Zoe O'Connell?
7: No, 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 I've never met her. Um, Zoe is a partner of a Lib Dem councillor that lives down in Cambridge. Um, And obviously all of these kind of discussions were going on in the Facebook group. Basically, I'd mentioned the fact that I had reservations about trans women being in women's refuges. And what immediately followed that was Zoe O'Connell writing directly to the then party president to get me expelled from the party. It's amazing to me. Full stop, yeah. And all my um, party positions removed.
0: You make, a again, I'm going to say this, a reasonable, you say, here is my position, and I think it's a reasonable one, and somebody attempts to have your political career destroyed, basically, because they don't agree with it.
7: Mm, I mean, I don't think my point of view is out of line with what the majority of the country would think. Yeah, I agree. The majority of the country want to keep vulnerable women safe. They want traumatized women to have a healing space. Yeah, they want these things. They don't want to be discriminating against everybody. They want everyone to live their best lives. But when women have gone through situations that make them highly vulnerable, Most of the country want us to talk common sense, they want us to talk truth, and they want us to be protecting these women.
0: Years ago, when I started off on radio in Waterford, my my mid-morning talk show, we used to speak with the Rape Crisis Centre a lot. There was an amazing woman there called Sheila who ran that. And sometimes we would interview some of the women, but obviously we would alter their voices and stuff. And I never really... Had much of an idea, you know, as a bloke, what what it must be like for anybody, for any woman to live in a situation where 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 there's battery or sexual battery. But it was so eye opener for me, to be honest with you, Natalie, meeting these women. And I'm not virtue signalling by saying that I'm not. It was an amazing, you know, meeting the, and seeing how terrified these women were, and how absolutely yeah. vulnerable they were. And and you've gone through it, and then to think that it's okay then you know, that we we would allow a man who claims to be a woman to access those services and put those women in a very an even more vulnerable position. It's lunacy to me.
7: Well, I think what we've got at the minute is I think you've got a number of politicians that are basically not thinking this through critically on any kind of level. Yeah, I mean, they're basically, you know, they're being fed a narrative by the trans side, which obviously focuses on their own vulnerabilities. But the problem is, is that they're not having the wider discussions with other groups with their own vulnerabilities to get the full picture. Yeah? Yeah. And then because they're scared of offending people, they're, you know, saying what they believe is to be the right thing. But again, they're not focusing critically on the impact of spouting these statements, which, you know, I think they need to do. I think our our politicians cannot just state trans women and women without thinking about the wider impact of the real-life implications that we'll have. And I think this is why so many women have been celebrating this week at what J.K. Rowling has done with regard to opening up the women's refuge. Because Mm -hmm. Scotland, again the politicians there seem fixated on introducing what I see as very dangerous legislation without giving any real thought as to the long-term impact on women.
0: We'll talk about that in a second, right? Let me remind our listeners, Natalie Bird is our guest. And Natalie, I'm not going to forget to mention the the fundraiser. So we'll talk about that as well and we'll put links up to it. I'll put a link to the fundraiser on the podcast notes as well. Natalie, rising star in local Liberal uh, Democrat Party, a rising star, no doubt about that made a comment, um a, a legitimate and, and I think a reasonable comment about segregating refugees to make sure that biologically uh, biological women, real women, are protected. And a trans woman took umbrage at that and set out to basically destroy Natalie's, you know, um uh, passage through the party, you know, any chance that she might have to stand um for for MP or or, or locally. That, we, we've we just discussed that. And did that harassment then, and, and knowing that was going on, did that, and we are going to talk about Scotland, of course, in a minute, did that lead up then to you wearing the T-shirt? I mean, did you wear the T-shirt? Again, I have no problem with you wearing the T-shirt. Was it because you were just kind of pissed off of it, Natalie? Is that why you wore the T-shirt that said, woman, adult, human, female? Well,
7: the problem we've got within the political party is that you can't really have any discussion on these kind of issues. And, you know, we've got potentially thousands of councillors across the country, yeah? And I think it's really important they know about the Equality Act and they know how they should be applying the Equality Act within their councils within the country to protect women appropriately. But the problem is, is that internally, there is no way of having these discussions. And if you try and start these discussions, you find that you're banned or expelled or excluded from groups and silenced, which isn't particularly helpful. Um, So, yeah, I I attended this meeting and bearing in mind it can't be discussed any other way, I thought the T-shirt would be a good silent protest around the issue. Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, what happened following that? To my mind, you know, he's just so extreme, and the punishments given to me are so harsh. I mean, at the minute, I'm banned from any party internal role or external role for ten years, which is double that of electoral fraud
0: for wearing a T-shirt. And can I for wearing
7: a T-shirt for, for wearing
0: a T-shirt that states a fact that states an absolute an absolute truth? Your former leader, Tim Farron. Um, I interviewed Tim Farron years ago when I was um doing a television thing in London and uh, always found him a pleasant chap. Tim is a Christian and I, I know he has opinions on this. Would he have been supportive of you? I mean, there must be some support in the party for you, even if it's silent support or sorry, even if it's more kind of, you know, private support like Natalie, you know, I support you, but I can't say anything. I'm guessing there's quite a bit no. of that.
7: Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of support, but people are scared about being vocal about it. Which, right. you know, you don't blame them. They're scared that if they actively support me, then they themselves might lose their party roles and positions. I'm not. Which, the, yeah, again, is why I'm bringing my case because I want to ensure, you know, what's happened to me can't happen to any female candidate in the future.
0: And that's why we're speaking with natalie she's as I mentioned in the introduction, she's suing the Liberal Democrats, and that's a very expensive thing. There is a fundraiser for it, and we'll We'll talk to Natalie about that in a few minutes and I will put the fundraiser details on the podcast notes, and the podcast will be listened to hundreds of thousands of times over the next two or three days. If you can support this, do this is really important this this is free sp- this is at the coal face now of of free speech um Natalie Byrd is our guest. Amazing that they could say for wearing the T-shirt, ten years expelled. You can't do this. You can't stand. You can't be a member. Um, the Scottish situation. Why you're brilliant on this issue. Of course you are. I I can't put this into words. Why is it so important that the Scottish government is defeated next week in Holyrood? Just to remind our listeners, they want to make it so very easy for somebody to um to to basically to sign a declaration declaring that their sex is different to the sex they were born. And then that will be enshrined in law. That's effectively it in a nutshell. Why is that so dangerous? And is there any chance that they'll be defeated next week?
7: Well, I think it depends how many of our politicians in Scotland can demonstrate real integrity and strength and, you know, standing up to their party policies around this. Um, This is the key thing in Scotland next week. I think what's gone through the court is really, really useful because it has actually clarified the position and it has shown the impact that the Equality Act, that the GRCs are having on the Equality Act, which to my mind, the, the effects of a GRC and legally changing a person's sex is really then impacting everything for women around who can access yeah women's spaces and if you're saying that as soon as you have a grc yeah and you can then complete one online you don't have you pay around you know a low fee for this you don't have to have any physical or hormonal changes but as soon as you've got the certificate you can enter any woman's space any women's refuge you'd be potentially put in women's prison um Once you've got that certificate, you are, for all intents and purposes, legally a woman, yeah? That then, it gives us no way of actually protecting women and keeping women safe.
0: And there's so many... It gives women
7: no space to do that, no space where they can heal from trauma, nothing. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to hope that there will be enough politicians in, in Scotland that following the court case will think, actually, you know, when the GRC was set up, this wasn't the intended consequences that we wanted, and let's put a stop to it now and create legislation that actually c- protects all people.
0: Common sense. You're describing common sense there. It's, it staggers me, this issue. It really does. And... You know, you mentioned the very important things about keeping women physically and mentally safe, of course. But then you have all the other facets of this as well. You have sometimes, for good reasons... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of positive discrimination, to be honest with you, Natalie. But sometimes it's a good idea. You know, sometimes there's, so, there's such a gender imbalance sometimes in some places. It could be politics. It could be work. That it's not a bad idea sometimes to say, right, look um all female shortlist let's 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 get a a female perspective here B- but but then then you'll have so-called trans women then won't you and and these are there's so many issues here
7: yeah yeah i mean basically it opens up a pandora's box that you can't easily close because you know your all women shortlist will be for all women and trans women and as soon as you have you know this was a situation we were looking at with Eddie Izzard potentially a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Once you've actually got that situation, yeah, you potentially then back to a place where the trans women are making up the diversity quotas for women being on boards, and, you know, all other kind of things. That women have basically been fighting for hundreds of years to basically get our voices heard on boards within parliament so the fact that these quotas will then be made up of trans women rather makes a mockery of the fact that things still aren't equal for women we still need things to be equal for women
0: folks you can go to crowdjustice.com and there you need only look for natalie bird legal fund at crowdjustice.com the case is obviously ferociously expensive and you're you're looking for about a hundred grand. I know how expensive these things are. I've been covering court cases as a journalist for years. Um, terrific support thus far, though, and you need more. So I urge yeah. people, I urge people to get involved. Crowdjustice.com, Natalie Board Legal Fund. We're, we're speaking to a lady, a mother of two, a survivor of domestic abuse, who made a comment that refugees you know women should be should be protected at refuges and there should be segregation that men who identify as women shouldn't be able to walk into a women's refuge and She's paid the price for that, the ultimate price being effectively suspended from the party for 10 years, prevented from running as a candidate. And, uh, well, it's the party's loss, obviously, isn't it? You know, in reacting to this, because you couldn't speak about it, because there are no places you can speak within the Liberal Democrats, Natalie wore a t-shirt which made the declaration that woman, adult, human, female, and she was told, 10 years, you you can't, uh, you know, so she's suing for discrimination, suing the Liberal Democrats, and... uh, you know, I totally support this, I really do. Can I ask you, what's your personal opinion on why in the last three to four years, almost exclusive, why has this become massive? And let, let me just put a, kind of a little kind of a caveat on that. Um, minorities um, should, should enjoy the same human rights as everybody else. Of course they should. Nobody would dispute that. But, um, but when you have a minority telling people that they have to think a certain way, that they must believe something which they don't believe. Because, Natalie, I don't believe that um, that trans women are women. I believe trans woman is a ridiculous term. I've interviewed transsexual women on the program and I, and I, I told totally, I totally get that gender dysphoria. Lovely woman called Diane um, from Wales who lives in Ireland who's been on the show. I'm hoping to get her back on soon. Diane had the operation. She she spoke very eloquently about gender dysphoria on on this program and her going through it and, and what all of that meant uh, you know in light of in the context of what's happening at the moment. So we don't want to discriminate against minorities. But we can't have a very tiny minority telling people that you must almost declare that you agree that we are women and if you don't, there will be consequences for you. How has that happened in the last three to four years? What's going on?
7: I think what you've had is a situation in the past where basically, you know, trans women were there but they were largely, you know, going... The lengthy and rather horrible process and having these operations these you know the gender assignment operations yeah and because the numbers were so small and because I think women felt an awful lot of pity towards them then in very small numbers women allowed them to enter women's spaces but that situation has now moved with the introduction of self-ID. And self-ID basically means that anybody can undertake, um, you know, you need can fill out a legal form saying that I'm a woman without any physical, without any hormonal changes, yeah? And that effectively then means that any man can declare himself a woman, walk into a woman's space, and we've got no way of keeping women Safe. So I think on that basis, things have fundamentally changed from where they were maybe 10, 20 years ago. And I think, you know, there's an awful lot of women that have thought through critically the impact of this in real life situations for women, particularly women that are highly traumatized and have gone through, you know, situations that make them really vulnerable. And I think the last three to four years has seen those women like Mayor Festata, uh, raising the alarm and saying, actually, do we really want this to happen? You know, can can our legislators give this legislation a bit more thought, yeah? And act in a way to protect the people that do need protection because nobody wants to discriminate against everybody and everyone wants people to live their best lives. Yeah. But at the same time, words have got to have meaning. And we've got to be able to speak the truth. And we've also got to have discussions around things we find uncomfortable, which I think we are particularly struggling with in society at the moment.
0: On, on so many levels. You're absolutely right. And and I think, I mean, I'm um late 40s Irish guy. And uh, my my politics would have been on the left. Um, I don't have politics, I don't think, anymore. But they would have been on the left for, for years. And um, there was a time... I remember a time when we just lived with people who maybe had ideas that we didn't agree with. We lived with them. You know, and I've spoken to trans women, I suppose, different types. The older trans women or trans, but trans women, yes, who who are bewildered by this. And I've spoken briefly, not, not too often, to younger ones who kind of have the attitude that, you know, that there has to be an acceptance in society that trans women are women and I come from a different time when we don't live like that we have to accept that there are people who see the world differently and we have to get on with them and, and tolerate them tolerance is a two-way street you know I spoke on Twitter some uh, months ago or Facebook uh, to to uh, a trans woman who was really cheesed off that I said that trans women are not women now I didn't say that in a, in a confrontational aggressive way I just said um you know, I don't believe that trans women are women. And I said to the person, like, what would you have done to me? And the the person was very honest. I'd have you booted off social media. I'd have you kicked out of your job. And I said, why? Because, because... in in every fibre of my being, I don't believe genuinely that you're a woman. I would see no harm come to you. I wouldn't see you discriminated against. I'd be the first one to stand alongside you if I thought that you were being genuinely discriminated against. But because I just don't believe, you'd have me destroyed. And the answer coming back was yes. I I, 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 I can't believe this, to be honest, Natalie. I really don't. I mean, how has it come to this, you know? You've, 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 you've to be experienced
7: honest, I, I mean, I don't believe all trans people have that kind of mindset. I no, think I don't There's a either. very small yeah. minority of extreme trans activists that do have the mindset and are targeting people. But at the end of the day, people can't be forced. And, you know, the harder you try to make people be forced to believe things they don't actually believe, the bigger a backlash you're going to cause to yourself in the long run, run, from my perspective. Um, But again, you know, I think most trans people just want to live quiet lives, in peace. And I think these extreme trans activists are hurting the whole trans community. I mean, they can believe whatever they want to believe that they are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They
7: can't force me to believe in their own internal beliefs.
0: Absolutely right. I've said it a thousand times. I mean, I've known through Fab Radio. This program goes out on Fab Radio in Manchester. I've known uh, a trans woman through the show, and who? What? What decent person would refuse to call somebody by the name that they request you you use? Nobody, you know, who's decent would say no. Um. Yeah, this is really important. Natalie Bird is our guest. She's suing the Liberal Democrat Party for discrimination. She was basically excluded from the party for 10 years because she said that women's spaces reserved for women should be protected for women, for biological women. Natalie, um, I'm going to mention the crowd... Uh, justice again. And then I want, to, want you to tell us in the few minutes we have left about how the case is proceeding. So Natalie uh, Bird Legal Fund, go to crowdjustice.com and there just search Natalie Bird Legal Fund. It came up for me in a matter of seconds. If you can help this, this is a really big case. Where is it, Natalie, at the moment?
7: Yeah, um, basically I was at the Royal Courts of Justice yesterday and we had the initial directions hearing with the judge so basically what we're looking at uh is a trial next year
0: early next year do you think well did he give you any? Uh, go on
7: yeah i'm not sure on the timescales yet to be honest but it will be it will be next year and it will be against the liberal democrats and you know that is as far as i can see that's the only way that i'm going to get justice around what's happened to me in the party
0: I think you've got a fantastic chance really. You know I'm no I'm no I'm no legal expert I'm not but I've covered enough discrimination cases over the years. I think you've got you know a nailed on uh, case there. Nothing you said or did could be um you know seen as or accused of being hurtful or harmful. You made a statement of fact. You tried to open up a discussion about something very important. And they said, well, get out and you can't come back for 10 years. I think you've got a great chance. And I know you've got a lot of support. I know you can't mention names, but, you know, a lot of fairly influential people, I, I imagine, are supporting you. Would, it, would I be right in saying that?
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is a lot of quiet support. Um, but as I said earlier, within the party, I mean, people are scared of vocally supporting me because, they're scared that that will lead to themselves leading, leaving roles and positions and being targeted, which you can, you know, you can really understand why they're fearful, particularly with the, with the way that I've been treated.
0: Uh, it's abominable, really. You're supposed to maintain some modicum of objectivity when you speak to people like you, Natalie, but I can't really. I mean, it's, it's pretty open and shut, really. You know, you made you you know you made a a pretty sensible statement. You 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 asked for a discussion about the rights of biological women. You certainly didn't call for discrimination against anybody, and um, it's rotten, folks. Um, Natalie Board, go. You'll find Natalie on Twitter, by the way. Let me just grab. That's at nat n a t underscore free speech. So it's at nat underscore free speech. Give her a follow there. And if you can help out with the legal fund, crowdjustice.com, just put in Natalie Byrd Legal Fund. Natalie, I hope you'll remember me next year when you win this case and you'll come back on and have a chat with me. Yeah,
7: yeah, I look forward to that. Thank you very much
1: for tonight.
0: Lovely to meet you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to yeah, you and, and yours. Yeah, thank you. Have Thanks, a wonderful Natalie.
1: Christmas.
0: Thank you. And you too. Natalie Byrd there. Um, a real mover and shaker. You know, a woman who was on the path uh, to uh, to good things, at the Liberal Democrats and made a statement that we we should be careful about refuges for women and we should segregate them based on biological sex. And a trans woman went after Natalie for that. And uh, lots of other people went after Natalie uh, for saying that. And then she, had a, to try and get some discussion going on the issue, sometime later she wore a t-shirt that said woman, adult, human, female. And the party took umbrage at that and they kicked her out, said 10 years. She says, no, I'll I'll sue you for discrimination. You can't do that. I'm a biological female. I was asking an important question. And we'll see you in court. And uh, that's what she's doing. It's coming up for five minutes to the top of the air. This is Thursday's Richie Allen show. It is absolutely Baltic in Salford right now. I don't think the temperature, the air temperature today got above minus 4 degrees and as i said it was minus 11 this morning at 5:30 when i ambled my way out of uh, our house and not slipped it's funny isn't it because we didn't have any rain before the the really cold snap the arctic cold snap because we had no rain before it my running hasn't really been been affected Uh, One or two listeners elsewhere in the country have been dropping me messages saying that they've had real problems with icy footpaths and icy roads. But so far, touch wood, he says, no such problem here. I've been able to run without... Usually, when we get the icy footpaths, it's usually February. And I've had a few spills. Yes, a few arse over tit, as it were. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's some sight when a big baldy gammon, six and a half foot tall, falls... Like Bambi on ice, it's hilarious, it's happened to me a couple of times, but uh, luckily enough I've only had a couple of scratches, I've never had, again, touchwood, I've never had a, a really, really serious injury, yeah. Let's try and keep it like that, eh? Let's try and keep it like that. Um, I'm a plonker. I'm supposed to have lined up a bit of music, but I haven't done because I'm a bit of an idiot. What I will do is I will play the phone-in jingle sting thing, have a listen to it. I'll be opening the phone lines in about five minutes and it is up to you to keep me on air till seven o'clock. How about that?
1: It's your call. Skype, chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018.
0: Talk to Richie now. Yeah, at some time in the future, I swear to God, I will master the equipment in my studio. I'm still fumbling around it. It's a big old thing. It's much wider than I'm used to. I'm used to a more narrow console, desk, but this is wide and I'm a big lad with a big reach but it's still still winding me up and I've got all these hotkeys and I'm forever pressing the wrong hotkey even though they're labelled <laughs> why, why are you doing that? because I'm a thick een that's a wonderful, not Jack that's a different thing entirely, I'm a thick een yeah, I'm a thick een that's thick, T-H-I-C-K E-E-N I'm a thick een Pandora says, good luck to Natalie. Uh, thanks and good looks. says Pandora. Thank you, Pandora. Cooksy says, Richie, can you say hello to my mother-in-law, Jane Murphy? Jane is an avid listener and could do with being cheered up. Jane, I'm sorry that you could do with being cheered up, whatever's going on. Um, I hope you'll be okay. Thanks for listening, Jane. The BBG loves you. Jane Murphy. And uh, thanks for listening, yes. Thank you. and Thank you, Cooksey, for for the kind request there. It's uh, two minutes to the top of the hour. The website's slow, isn't it? It's the traffic, peeps. It's the traffic. You're bragging again. I'm not bragging. It's the traffic. It's ridiculous at the moment. I've been speaking to Hayden about it. We're doing everything we can. But that's why I sometimes do mention tune in and Fab Radio 2. There are other places to listen, you see. Okie doke. Banjo says, Can JK Rowling bung Natalie a few bob? Maybe JK has bunged a few bob to Natalie. How do we know? The J.K. Rowling hasn't. Isabel says, Richie, I met my friend in the local park today. We chatted about his lovely father, an elderly gentleman who has had all the jabs. And the elderly gentleman fully trusts the narrative and refuses to hear anything against the vaccine. Then my friend told me the most amazing thing happened. Earlier in the week, the father happened to be in the room when your show with your first vaccine-injured guest was on. And for the first time, this is Alex Mitchell, and for the first time, my friend's dad paused what he was doing to listen and looked like he was actually paying attention. And the best part is, says Isabel, since then, the dad has been asking questions about the vaccine and the injuries that came with it. He has even watched Died Suddenly and on his own, uh, of his own accord. Hearing the gentleman's story has perhaps prevented my friend's dad from taking another vaccine. And hopefully he is one of many. And Isabel says, well done to the programme for giving advice to those who were injured by the jab. That's very kind, Isabel. Thank you. All you want is for people to get all sides of it. Ultimately. Everybody in the country should hear what Andrew Bridgen had to say in Parliament last week. This week. Everybody. Everybody should hear him. Everybody should hear Malhotra. Nassim Malhotra. Everybody should hear uh, Dr. Ahmad, who, 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 whose clip I played a bit earlier on. These are medical people, trained at what what most people would consider to be, you know, the Ivy League, like the elite universities, right? That's what they would tell you, right? They would tell you, Chris Whittier, and he's, he's very qualified. Well, these men and women who signed the Great Barrington Declaration and these men and women who have come on this programme they have qualifications that are equal to Chris Whitty and often they're far more impressive. Everybody in the country should hear that there is a scientific opinion that is held by many people, that the jabs are unnecessary. That's the most important thing. If you leave aside the injuries for a moment, there are many hundreds, if not thousands, of qualified men and women who say the jabs are not necessary. Not for something like COVID-19, whatever it is. And then there are many who say... That evidence is emerging that the jabs are very dangerous. It is the job of the mainstream media, its only job, to make sure that those people are heard from too. And then you can sleep easy, you can go to bed and sleep soundly, knowing that your morals, your ethics are in the right place. I did my job. The government wants people to have this job. I did my job. I was suspicious of the government. That is your job as a, as a presenter, as a producer. To be suspicious of authority. So, I found some very qualified doctors who say the jabs are probably dangerous. For many people. I put them on the air. I've done my job. I can go and sleep easy. That's how simple it is, journalism. There's nothing to this game. There really is not. Give everybody a say. Let the listeners make their own mind up. Richard says... Uh, I listened to the show with Flat Earth, Dave, he says, and with Piers Corbin being an astrophysicist, he'd be the right guy to debate, Dave. He would actually be the right guy. He'd be one of several right guys, but he would be uh, the right guy. Dan says, in his opinion, transgenderism is a precursor for transhumanism, uh, the ideological, chemical poisoning and subversion of mankind. Right, I'm going to take a tune. When I come back from that, I'm going to sit by the phone and I'm going to drum my fingers like that. And I I will expect to hear from you. I expect to be entertained. To keep me on air till 7 o'clock.
1: It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie
0: now. Talk to me now. And as I said, your calls in a moment After this. Colds,
1: seasonal flu and respiratory diseases, a nuisance, but we all get them. Now more than ever, it is essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immune X365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C, and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immune X365 every day. As a special launch offer to UK listeners of the Richie Allen Show, you will receive a discount of 15% by using the code allen 365 at checkout. Go to immunex365.co.uk to get yours now and with free two-day track delivery. It's your call, Skype, chat with Richie, or call 0161-818-2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44-161-818-2018. Talk to Richie now. Talk
0: to me then.
3: I've heard people say that... Talk to me. Too much of anything.
0: That is Barry White and... Can't get enough of your love, baby. Faisal, Faisal, Faisal. Holy Jesus. It's been a long time. How are you, pal? Are you there? I am here. I did it again. I knocked you <laughs> off. I knocked you off. The hot keys. Well, it's said, the hot keys.
4: 20 years' practice knocking people off the microphone. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah.
0: And you know, back in my mainstream days, I never did that. And there are lots of people who listen to this from Ireland, from Waterford, who would, would call me out on my lies if I was lying. I never kicked uh, a caller off. I never insulted a caller. I never insulted a guest. I had heated discussions with politicians, but I never resorted to... The crap that we saw from Piers Morgan and and James Whale, not because I'm an angel, but I don't believe in that rubbish.
4: Absolutely, I I, I don't think anybody resorted to that back in those days. It, it, it it's something that's really happened in the few, last few years.
0: Yeah, certainly around around these parts. Brilliant to have you on, pal. It's been ages. And um, well, you're kicking things off, Faisal. So um, off you go, my friend.
4: Right, um, the flat Earth thing yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, I, was, I was very keen on that, and, and I was actually very disappointed with, with, with the guy. Um, what One of the things that gets me about it is uh, the kind of mischaracterization of, of the belief in globe, uh, globe Earth to start with. Like that it's just something we believe recently, or it's something that uh, we only believe because NASA tells us so, and because and they show us photographs and stuff like that, or, or, or the authorities. Yes. Yeah. It, it it's been something that's anyway came from uh, uh, the greeks were uh, looking into it and and, and were doing maths to, to prove the earth was round can you
0: remember the name of the the aristotle that's, that's which, the right aristotle yeah. basically
4: um, it, it's one of those weird things he, he, he should have figured more in in the education system like pythagoras his his, his name should be round about equal with with pythagoras who yeah. everybody knows um, he was a contemporary of his; uh, they, they were around the same time. He was, I think, head of the a- Alexandra Library at the time. I think he was a bigger name than than Pythagoras at at, at the time, and uh, uh, is also acknowledged as 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 the father of astrophysics. So, I mean, if people have heard of astrophysics, you you should really have heard of Eratosthenes. But of course, uh, they they've been very quiet. Uh, um, uh about him until i actually uh, um, I, I only heard of him on an episode of qi and, and 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 that was the first that i sort of started seeing of him but i think in, in the 50s uh that uh, there's a video on youtube about a uh, uh, that's an uh, ibm some kind of ed, educational video that that that's quite easy to understand about his uh, work and 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 how he proved the earth was round um but even then it was understandable people thought the Earth was flat until about 150 years ago because they thought, well, you know, it rises from one horizon, sets in another, and and it could be in some kind of underworld or underneath the, the, the plane of the Earth uh, uh, the rest of the time due, during the night. But since fast travel and fast communication, we've known that it's daylight in one place and, right. and night night in another place which the, i pointed the, out yeah, to time which i
0: pointed out to dave last night but um Sorry? which i pointed out to dave last night that half the earth is in darkness at some at some stage and then he made some point about the sun and and i i i, I challenged that and then he went off in another direction I, last I
4: thought, thing it, yeah. it was very fast talking that that was the thing that that, that disappointed me. It was, it was very hard to catch on any particular point. Scattergun approach, I called it. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. which I I I distrust instinctively. <laughs> I yeah. have to say, um, and it, it it's it's one of those things, and and, and also the fact that it's uh, um, uh, uh, the sun is of course higher the further you go south, like on. On on the equator, the sun's right above you, and as you go further north, that the, the sun is lower in in That's the sky. That's right, and, as and you go Polaris, south as well. It's
0: lower. And, and Polaris, I pointed this out to him, and he had some yeah. vague explanation for this. The problem you have when it's not your field is, he can mm. say, "Oh, th- this this was this this was disproven," and there's a video on my website, which I haven't seen the video on his website, and I don't have any time, of not, to yet. watch the video on his website. So. The, the 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 thing to do with guys like like Dave who i um, a really good bloke you know I'm sure and I'm sure he believes what he's saying is to get that scientist sitting opposite him and then as a moderator it's much easy for me then yeah. to pin him down and say hang on a second if it happened to be somebody like Piers Corbin with his scientific background hang on you're just ignoring what Piers said there can you please answer that it's it's a much better way of doing it but uh, you know. Oh yeah,
4: but they, uh, this, this is the because because I looked into it a few years ago. I started looking into it because I was quite interested in uh, uh, the kind of flat flat Earth debate back in in, in school. Um, I I had a good physics teacher who who, who kind of in, introduced us to, to the flat Earth society and talked about it as 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 a way of kind of challenging science and actually challenging why we believe what 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 we believe. And it wasn't a full debate or anything. We just kind of uh, uh, he, he 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 took the flat Earth side, and we put our hands up with questions and stuff. And uh, he did a very good job of 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 making us realise we don't re- we haven't really thought about why the Earth was round. And and at the time, the only thing I could come up with was a uh, 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 lava. Why does lava, you know, how 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 on earth does lava exist in a, a, a flat Earth? Because of course, on a round Earth, you've got the plate tectonics, and 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 it gets hotter the deeper you go because the and uh, uh, um, it's taken a long time to lose the heat into space and the crust kind of insulates it. And and, and and so we know where the lava that spouts out of volcanoes comes from and why it's there. But in a flat Earth, how does that work? Why is the underneath of the right. Earth hot? Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. And some of his own mates um, were pretty horribly embarrassed, weren't they, um, back in 2018, when they tried to prove that the Earth itself is not... Um, revolving on its own axis on its own no, axis I missed that even one, yeah. yeah and uh again something i pointed out to uh to dave last night but he he his answer was basically that there was some conspiracy there there wasn't they set out to disprove that the earth was rotating by 15 degrees every whatever it is um off the top of my head I can't remember, but they failed miserably in doing it. And his answer for the Humber Bridge as well was just nonsense. He said the yeah. the, 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 the bridge pulls from the centre. No, it doesn't. I mean, they had to take it into equation. They had to take the earth's curvature into... Uh, into their planning when they... they, Yeah, when you have a structure that spans such a long distance. 100% and they did it in France too. You know that monstrosity of a bridge in France that that for anybody who's travelling through France now, it saved them about six hours of driving. That huge structure, I can't remember the name of it. But again, the Earth's curvature was taken into account in building that. So look, I I wasn't convinced by him, but then I'm in a funny place anyway, Faisal, because I'm sympathetic to the simulation model but I, I don't, that's not something I'm dogmatic about, but I'm sympathetic to this idea that we are conscious beings in some sort of a hologram, which... which well, yeah, but even yeah.
4: The, the, the simulation thing is is, is is a bit of sophistry. I mean, uh, um, I think Plato uh, f- famously was, was, was talking about um, uh, existence and and the world as a kind of image, as a kind of dream, yeah. and that's all, si- simulation is, is, is just a kind of technical jargon for basically saying that.
0: For an idea that's been around for a long time, you're absolutely yeah, right. That, that, yeah.
4: that it's virtual is, is, is the same as saying it's, it's, it's a kind of dream, um, wh- whether it's our own brain cells that that are virtualizing it and creating a simulation, as it were, or whether it's something else, because of course they they can't say it's electronic circuitry. It's not that kind of difference. Yeah. So it it it's it it's the same as saying as it's a dream, just just using kind of modern jargon, which uh, uh, people find less understandable. Another you know, thing.
0: It, an- another thing that's interesting about that. Before I take another call in a second, another thing that's very interesting was um, this idea that you know they can prove the earth is flat because they can see things that are far away that they shouldn't be able to see again i i i called him on that last night and said the 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 michigan the the lakes and chicago that's that's a mirage and he kind of had to backtrack on that he's like oh yeah yeah no it's a mirage that you know that's a, that's a, that, that again pretty basic well, it, science to it, understand and, and again it's it, yeah. it's
4: one of those things that he said oh you can go and verify this for yourself but who's actually going to do yeah, that yeah who's it, doing it, 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 it yeah it's it's very difficult to do which is why they use that as an example and 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 these things with laser beams which it 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 would be different if 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 they managed to do it on on a large scale with a lot of people with a lot of scientists watching and, and and the media may be involved and stuff like that yes but if if they're just showing a video That's a very easy thing to fake. Anybody could do that.
0: Anybody could do that. I'll tell you what was interesting, Faisal. Um, None of this is ever about um, the presenter. It shouldn't be about the presenter. But I'll tell you what I found interesting was today there were a number of tweets and Facebook messages from people who wanted to hear him and who were properly pissed off with me. And basically because I didn't agree with him. Mm. That astonishes me, that, that attitude. I can't. You bring a guy on a show, you're polite to him, you challenge what he's saying, Yeah. you, you, you listen to what he's saying back to you, but there are people in this mindset that is a very dangerous place to be that they wanted me, the reason they wanted me to interview this guy was because they wanted me to agree with him. And that's crazy that. How do you get past that? I, I, don't, I don't have any idea.
4: No, I don't know. and And I do think to some extent it's 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 trolling i'm sure some of them are sincere but, but i think uh, there's definitely a few trolls mixed in there because of course that the, the, the flat Earth thing does undermine every other kind of uh, uh conspiracy theory or, or or questioning of science by saying oh you're just a bunch of flat earthers and yeah. so, so so of course you're going to get a lot of uh, um uh trolls who are trying to undermine uh, uh, uh truth is like that there's a lot of things with in, in in cosmology and astrophysics which really is wrong which is starting to come to the forefront now like this this doctor uh marie robert uh, uh robert who's who's got a, a youtube channel called sky scholar who's who back in i think it was even the late 80s or or maybe the 90s did uh, did a double spread uh double page new york times spread about the fact that we got the sun wrong, in in terms of it being a a, a gaseous and, and and that it's more like condensed matter, and uh, I, I won't go into the details of that, but uh, he had to do that because he 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 wouldn't have got into a peer reviewed journal because uh, uh, that sort of thing would have undermined a whole industry uh, uh, to do with the way we do fusion now and the way we do astrophysics now. The whole Big Bang Theory thing—he—he he, he really debunks Big Bang Theory incredibly well, and on a very credible technical level.
0: I'm really interested um, in that, you know, the origins of the universe. The, the, what we were taught in school, what you just um, articulated there, this Big Bang theory—there was nothing, and then there was a big bang, and now we have, now we have what we have. That's the sort of thing I'd like—I'd like to get into. I am going to move wait, on Faisal, right? The, because I'm the, getting the a,
4: theory I, itself is—is—is is, is, is sort of fine at an intuitive level and and it's a good theory but all the the stuff they cite has proved to do with this uh, microwave background echo of 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 the Big Bang except even just from a completely uh, uh, simple perspective um, an echo has to bounce off something so if the Big Bang was in space what did these echoes bounce off in the first place in the first place yeah so but but he he debunks it on a much better level that uh, uh, that th- that whole stuff is just, nonsense. Just very the quickly, evidence just, for Big Bang is nonsense. Just
0: very quickly, what's that channel called again? Because people might be jotting Sky- it down. Sky Scholar. Sky Scholar. Yeah. Great to hear from you, Paul It's been a long, long time. Um, look after yourself over the holiday, and uh, thanks for being there, Faisal. Yeah, thanks.
4: Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Brilliant, buddy. Thanks uh, to Faisal for that. Uh, keep the calls coming in. Here are the details. I've got another call in the system now.
1: It's your call. Skype, chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018. Talk to Richie now.
0: And we're going to the mobile phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with?
8: Good evening, Richie. My name's Wayne. Um, I'm Comrade Tarquin Smith on Twitter. How are you doing, Um, Wayne? I'm doing very well. It's nice to hear you this evening. Um, I'm not much of a, uh, a flatter expert, so I can't really comment on the last caller. But um, I want to change the subject a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah, go right ahead, so, pal. Where, I'm, where I'm, are
0: you I'm, in the country, Wayne?
8: So I'm in Newport in South Wales. You're in
0: South Wales. at taffy. Fantastic. Uh, Welcome.
8: I am. Um, I've got the heating cranked up and um, I've got you, you in my ears. So that's my, that's my Thursday night covered. Brilliant, buddy. Um, well, look,
0: change the subject. By all means, go ahead.
8: Yeah, so um, I, I went to London a few weeks ago to watch a comedy show at the Backyard Comedy Club, which is um, Lee Hurst, the comedian, is his comedy club. And it was arranged by Charlotte, the Baroness of Burnley. And she got in, um, so it was basically a Delling pod. So James Ellenpole did a Delling pod, but they were uh, with, with comedians. So there was people like Tanya Edwards, Abby Roberts, and um, Alistair Williams, and Carl Vernon. Now, these comedians have all been banned or lost their agents because of their views during um the pandemic you know and so they so they they've, they've kind of lost lost their their income so, really uh, hang on
0: uh, hang on Wayne. so these people you've mentioned and yeah. uh comics struggling to get a gig because of their political opinions
8: Absolutely, and because of how they feel about um, you know the, the 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 COVID nonsense and the jabs and Jesus. Uh, and um, yeah, so they've um, and, and they're all excellent comedians. So they we got she got them all together on this Sunday afternoon in London, and it was absolutely it was it was just, it was brilliant. It well was done. lovely to be. Uh, well, there was three hundred people there, and all of them on our side, Richie, and um, and it was an amazing afternoon. It and must have been a terrific to,
0: atmosphere, Wayne.
8: Uh, it was it was an amazing atmosphere, and it was also nice to you know when we've we, if we, you we watch TV during the last few years, and there's been no comic pushback on the ridiculousness of it. No, not a, uh, not a sausage way, not a sausage. And these guys were able to do it. They were able to let loose, and in front of people who understood, yeah. and it was real. Uh, it was a real electric atmosphere. So I was, and, and I remember speaking to you a few years ago, Richie, on Twitter and you mentioned that you were looking to do a bit of stand up yourself.
0: <laughs> Hang on a second there <laughs> now. I'm no stand up comedian. No, what 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 I do, I'm um, I I've always been mildly amusing in company. That's how you would describe me. I can be mildly amusing. So what I wanted to do and I was nearly there, I was very nearly there was to do a pretty small national tour with an audio visual presentation where i would take you know take the mickey basically out of everything that was going on and this is before the whole COVID thing but uh yeah, no, no. I, I i don't want anybody thinking that i had any ambition to be a stand-up comic i I crap myself wayne i don't know about you but give me how could i admire them so much the bravery to stand up there and I, make people laugh. I think- you know?
8: I think I've always, there's been a part of me, Richard, that I always thought, you know, we, we all think funny stuff. I, I yeah. drive a lot for a living and you're driving along and you're thinking of stuff and it makes you laugh. I thought, I'd like to do maybe <laughs> one Write of these. Write it down. Like, Write it
0: down, Wayne. <laughs>
8: maybe one of these um, sort of 10 minute open mic slots. I thought that yeah. would be on my bucket list. So, So maybe, but, Maybe you should uh, revive that show. It sounds like it, would, it, it could be something even more interesting in this day and age, Richie.
0: Yeah, it was funny. I had a lot of it, I um, had a lot of the videos downloaded and stuff. It was a lot of the stuff that, like, I talked to Jean-Anne a lot about this. Jean-Anne, obviously a very accomplished woman, actress and TV and stage and screen and all of that. And I talked to her about how it would work and, and, she, and she was very supportive of it, of the idea, saying, you know, it would work and it, it'd be great fun. And I managed to grab lots and lots of, my monologues are generally me taking the mickey out of stuff that I find to be ridiculous. Some
8: of them are hysterical. Honestly, some of them are funny, right? Down my face before now. Well,
0: thanks for saying that. And what I was going to do in the live show thing was to take that audio, which is often video, take those videos that I convert into audio and to do the monologues in, in a 90-minute show uh, to, to, to kind of send up the uh, the media. I'd love to do it Wayne. And you know, just before the whole COVID thing I was in touch with a a lovely woman, an agent, I won't mention her name I had three or four theatres community theatres it's amazing you saying 300 uh, varying from 200 seats to 400 seats, 300 seats and it was all looking really good and I was only going to take about three weeks off the radio show and I was going to do it and then the scam landed on, on our faces. But um Yes, mate. I, I I can say with absolute sincerity, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about that if I can, you know, further down the line, definitely. Yeah. But it sounds wonderful oh, we, what happened in London. I mean, I, I met Charlotte, once I think I met her at the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester. That was some day when David Ike was kicked out of Old Trafford in, yeah. the, in the morning and there were hundreds and hundreds of people coming to see him in Manchester. And uh, Ike, rang me up and he said, they've kicked us out of Old Trafford. He was driving up. No, in fact, he wasn't driving up. He was staying in a hotel in town. And he said, uh, how, you know, we'll put it to the test. How well connected are you in Manchester, Richie? And it turned out very well connected because uh, Paul Ripley, the legend that is Paul Ripley, uh, got straight onto it with all of his connections in music and theatre. And we managed to get the bowlers within hours to save the day. I'll never forget that. was an amazing triumph against tyranny, Wayne. You know I bet it was. It was yeah. amazing. We had some night that night in the bowlers, you know, sticking two fingers up to Man United. And um but I met Charlotte. <laughs> I came across a lovely woman and I didn't know this happened in London. I'm I'm absolutely I, I want to hear more about this. Well done. Well done. Wonderful stuff. And do they have plans to take it elsewhere, Wayne? Yeah.
8: So yeah, so um um uh, I I have spoken to Charlotte about this and yeah, there's there's plans. I think she'd like to do something in Manchester actually, Richie. So um so maybe you'll get your writing cap on and maybe, maybe you'll make an appearance. It'd be, good, it'd be good to see you actually up on stage. I'll, than, plug,
0: uh, I'll plug the unmerciful bejesus out of it, but get up on stage, <laughs> that I won't do. Not until I'm properly prepared for it. You'll, but, have, to get, uh, you'll
2: have
8: to get Charlotte on the show. She's, um, she's, uh, she's done doing some interesting stuff lately. She's, she'd be a good one to chat to. I
0: follow her on Twitter. So, um, yeah, that, that's something I'll definitely do. Hey, listen, thanks for telling us about that. Are there videos of this anywhere?
8: I, th- I think it's, um, yeah, I think it'll be coming out over the next few weeks. Um, so, uh, James Dannenpole, I don't know if you, well, you, you obviously know James Dannenpole. He was he's, on um, this,
0: um, he was on the show about two years ago, shortly into the COVID thing. He came on, he had a nice chat. Yeah, good lad, he's got a popular podcast,
8: uh, James Dannenpole, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And so that was, so the comedians come did their bit, and at the end then, for an hour, um, James Dannenpole interviewed them and let some audience... Uh, ask them questions and it was as a really successful day there was no negative um uh, no negative vibes at all it was a real good energy and vibration in that room even though it was a a sunday afternoon and um yeah, yeah so putting that and it was lovely to have been around those like-minded people richie you know there was no masks there was no it felt like the old normal yeah not this new stupid new normal which they're trying to introduce to us everywhere and it did feel like it was a bit of uh, and there were, there were a lot of people connecting, a lot of people from Facebook and Twitter who'd connected over the last few years, who'd not met, but they'd connected online. And it was the first time they met. So there's some real bonds being made at the same time. And uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fantastic atmosphere. And if it could be done elsewhere, I think it'd be a bonus to any place. I yes, love this.
0: I love it. Well, look any news of uh, other such events whether it be here in the northwest or anywhere else. Um uh, you know I'll do my bit to plug it. I'm I'm sure um other independent radio shows and, and and podcasts will will do the same. It sounds absolutely brilliant. I didn't know anything about that. But then I I live a very sheltered life to be honest. And <laughs> um, and I don't I don't well, speak um, to many people on a daily basis but uh, yeah. Yeah.
8: But it was a great it was a great comedy show, and I, I don't know if you know you remember Alistair Williams. Have you had him on your show? I don't He's, think um, so. So he um, famously he uh, one of his jokes a few years ago about Brexit went. Uh, it was the Brexit Burger King joke, and it went viral um, online. Um, and it um, but when he started speaking out again at the beginning of uh, the the uh, the pandemic, he. Um, he pretty much lost everything. He lost all his bookings. He, I think the one guy, um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, Andrew Lawrence, um, you might see him on Twitter. He was another one. He had a Radio 4 show. Um, he was doing really well. Had, he was selling out mainstream theatre. And literally overnight, because of a few uh, Twitter videos that he put on questioning the narrative, he lost he everything.
0: He lost his gig. And I know it's he a lost. cliche. It's a cliche. What I'm about to say is a cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is abject tyranny. This, I mean, you think back to what happened at the Bowlers at, at Old Trafford. Manchester United had a contract with David Ike. Dot com. There was a contract yeah. in place. Um, everything had been arranged. The venue inside the ground, the, the room, the room, the big room inside the stadium. All of that had been done. Contract signed, and some. Zionist working on behalf of the Israeli government, now this is a fact, I'm not making this up, contacted Old Trafford or tweeted them and then contacted an MP in Manchester and said you can't be letting a hateful guy who hates the Jews and uh, you can't allow him to to perform his hatred at Old Trafford. And within minutes, United cancelled the the event. There was some email, I think, sent to davidike.com. Nobody would speak to him. This is tyranny that they could do that that just by ringing somebody up, we we heard um, Natalie Bird earlier on that a trans woman could basically destroy her career in politics, because Natalie said we have to have safe spaces for women. This is tyranny where we are now. Yeah, it's, it's tyranny. Crazy, isn't it? yeah. It's that I a comedian could be could be told by a venue. And I mean, they must be hiring him because he's good. They must be hiring him because they know it's going to be a good night. They're going to make a few bob. But somebody rings up and says, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist, lunatic. He doesn't believe in in lockdowns. And that he could lose his gig because of that. That's tyranny.
8: Absolutely. And I think these, they're showing their hand though. Comedians can really put, they used to be able to put, governments to write or people to write they could really make a laugh look at Spitted Image what they did to, they made these people a laugh and, so, and that's what comedy can do and we haven't been able to see this pushback from comedians and this is what and seeing it live on stage it was just brilliant and I think we need more of it because it's it's, again, it's, it's a bit civil disobedience in the way of comedy. That's what it is, Richie.
0: Sounds brilliant, Wayne. That's a brilliant review, buddy. I hope you're wrapped up well there in Wales. I'm going to take another call. Lovely to speak with you, Wayne.
8: And good to speak to you and uh, hope you have a good Christmas and New Year and try and try and stay away from that uh, that terrible flu.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Care, Richie. Nice. You too, buddy. All the best. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well and a prosperous New Year. Lovely call. I wasn't aware of that. I know who Charlotte is. I met Charlotte in... Manchester, as I said, and I would have swapped uh, tweets with her before I was kicked off with Twitter. And I didn't know anything about that. What a great idea. And the point he made there I've had, I speak regularly on the phone to Jean Anne Crowley. And from the get go, we were bewildered. Not naive, not naive, but bewildered. The lockdown nonsense and some of the proclamations made by the scientists, by the politicians, and by the media, were a gift from God to satirists and a gift from God to to stand-up comics. A gift. A gift, like. I mean, look at the fun I had uh, in the monologues with the nonsense. The laughs, the belly laughs that you and I had laughing at this stuff. It was a gift, but largely... You know the very well-known, the successful comedians, the ones with their own television shows. Um, they didn't touch it. The tough guys. Where were the tough guys? Um, the Scottish guy whose name escapes me, uh, who is very good at dealing with hecklers. I can't. Frankie something or other. Frankie Boyle is that his name? Where were these people, ripping the piss out of the patently insane and the arbitrary, ridiculous rules? that, you know, if a child had dreamt them up, you, you you would have scolded a child. I'm taking your calls as long as you keep me on air today. Here is, or are, here are the details.
1: It's your call. Skype chat with Richie, or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now.
0: Back to the phones, caller, you are live. Welcome to the programme. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Turn me down in the background there, if you don't mind.
5: I'm I'm now now doing that, man. (laughs) Oh, um, yeah.
0: Um, who, who, who am I speaking with?
5: Millie.
0: Millie, how you doing, Millie? I can hear myself in the background, so if you don't mind turning yeah, there it you down, go, yeah. There
5: you go, buddy. You go, buddy. Take yeah. your
0: time, right, my friend. Go ahead. What would you like to say? Nice to meet you.
5: Um. Yeah. Well, we spoke back in 2019. Um, I was like sort of saying about like um the um telecom workers putting shit upon the mass posts or on the telegraph. Post. Oh, the five
0: G. Mm. Yeah, I remember.
5: Yeah. Um. I've. Uh, But, yeah, like, I've messaged you um, probably the last evening. Um, Well, what what I was saying was, like, that I've, like, got four family members that have, like, been affected by this vaccine Um, and, like, a a next-door neighbour of one of my, like, family members who has, like, had a stroke. Um, two family members have, been, have died after this vaccine.
0: Two of your um, two two of your family have died after the jab, Millie.
5: Yes, honestly. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, another one has become disabled. She can't go out and do stuff. Like she was a healthcare worker. Um, Jesus Christ. She was coerced into having the vaccine. Um, and another, like um, my father, well, ex father in law he he's not been well but like got you know every everybody is like just had this vaccine like and he's like had two heart attacks and a stroke or a mini stroke and yeah um can i, I ask you anything. um can can i ask
0: you to do me a a, a favor i'm not patronizing you um relax you've got plenty of time here i'm not going to be cutting you off yeah i'm a little bit like don't be nervous no no you shouldn't be nervous because um when you're talking to me and we're 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 mates right we talk to each other every day so yeah let's stay with this now so do do they suspect that they were injured by the vaccine or do they think it's something else
5: i don't even think they've like really considered it um and this is the thing, it's like, I've like, um, me and my partner have split up recently and I mean, I don't know, that's, that's another story. But her mother, my, my ex's mother, she, she wasn't very well. She ended up in hospital. Um, they um, prescribed a lot of medication, I think medazolam. I think more, well, get morphine and she bounced back. And like the family members were allowed in to see her. And like, luckily enough, like they managed to get her out of hospital. Um, She ended up back at home um, and she's, she, she survived another six months. Um, But like, if she was left in hospital, I'm sure she would have, died really quickly if them family members
0: couldn't get in there. That's, yeah, I think you're thinking about midazolam now, right? You're thinking about midazolam and and this...
5: That is is one thing. Um, Yeah. Can I I ask you, Millie,
0: hang on a second, can I ask you to stay with the family members? So, four family members have been injured and you said that two of them have died and you think it's definitely the jab. Why do you think that?
5: Well, I I don't definitely think it's the jab, but it's following the jab
0: following the jab and, and were these like cardiac issues were these heart attacks he said stroke i think
5: um yeah i mean like my mother-in-law ex-mother-in-law she had like cancer but they took her into hospital thinking that she was going to die and then I mean, she was a strong lady and she obviously fought it, but, like, uh, she was prescribed medazolam She was, like, on a morphine, like, um, pump. And I think, like, she would have died if the family members weren't able to go in there and, like, go, like, well, there's nothing actually wrong with my mum. Is that, like, with your or, mother-in-law? Well, with, oh, with, well, well, obvious.
0: So why did they do that? Why did they go uh, to to such lengths to make sure... They, they got her home, were they concerned that something might happen to her in hospital?
5: Totally, totally, mate. Totally. Yeah. It was... Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm flitting, like, with a few things here, but um, it's the same with the whole yellow card reporting system. I tried to report these things, and I didn't want to, like, undermine my partner at the time, And I didn't want to, but I wanted to, like, report these things. But when you get on the yellow card reporting system, it's really hard, like, unless you know, like, certain information about that person to be able to report it.
0: Hang on now. Is this this because the report must be made by the actual person who is alleging they've been injured by the jab. Is that how it works? Like, if I if I believe I've been injured by the jab, must it be me? <laughs> must it be me?
5: It you're dead? <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, no, no, I'm a- I am don't know. I'm asking you. Is that how it works? I don't know how it works. I should know how it works. But, um,
5: I, I don't know, but there was certain information I didn't know about my ex-mother-in-law that I could, like, report it. And there's, like, obviously a lot of information that I don't know. Um, from her cousin who has died after having a jab, and incidentally, he had COVID as well. It was like, um, strange. And do you mind me Um, asking
0: you? Tell me, tell me to f off if you want, but 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 trying to report the the mother in law injury is that why you fell out with your ex? no, No, it
5: wasn't, but I. Yeah, that, that's another story. That's another story. That's private. That, that, that's that's for not you. That's none of my business. Off, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's story, man. Yeah,
0: you sound really pissed off about this, un- understandably. And what do you make of what Andrew Bridgen has done? Do you think there's any hope that this might all spill out into the open, Millie?
5: Hopefully, um, hopefully. I mean, my my parents are like both in their eighties, um. They're now on their fourth jab and they the last jab they had was a combined one with the flu jab. Um
0: Jesus. So they just recently went and had jab four and had the flu jab at the same time.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean I I don't know. I, I I hear lots of stuff, but I mean maybe they are giving some people a saline injection. I don't know. But surely if you're going to wipe out, like, uh, an older generation, which they've already done, like, through the whole hospital... The care care
0: homes, homes. yeah.
5: Yeah, and so they can't, you know, if they killed off even more older people, I mean, surely that would be noticed by a large section of society, but, yeah, um, hopefully, you know, and luckily my parents at the moment seem... They seem fine.
0: So what you're saying is you think it's a possibility that during this COVID jab rollout, you think it might be possible that they deliberately withheld the jab from some people in society and gave them a saline solution because if people just started dropping like flies, that would give the game away. I've heard this theory before. It's an interesting theory, this.
5: It is a possibility. Yes, yeah. you know, I'm I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but they they've both been good after four jabs and the combined flu jab. And I, I, I yeah. tell
0: me this, emily before I take another call and thanks for calling in, pal, Tell me this: what do how do they see you? You know, you you you've told us very emotionally about how you feel about them you obviously love your family and you're you're concerned how do they see you do they think you're a bit of an oddball have they said anything to you because <laughs> you know you've not had the jabs what do they think
5: um i've not said i ha- haven't had the jab but i haven't like um yeah and i've my sister hasn't um
0: hang on a second now. that's very a interesting so of
5: friends haven't um
0: Millie, sorry, hang on, I, let, let me jump back in. That's very interesting. So you you said you haven't said you haven't. Is that to avoid any aggro, basically? Just 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 keeping quiet basically.
5: No, actually like I've been like quite out outspoken. I've fallen out with my father like through this whole thing. He keeps it quiet when he's going for his next jab. <laughs> it's just, like, right, because bizarre.
0: he's so that he doesn't get an earful from you.
5: Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm I am like totally outspoken this. Like what the hell what the hell is this all about what you've just what, what you're
0: highlighting here tonight is something we've not really ever really gotten into you have a phobia and I think it's a legitimate phobia that one of your parents or both of them might die after having one of these jabs that's a legitimate fear that you have how do you address that they don't want to know um, you've had a row with your dad about it that's a terrible place for you to be because I believe your fear is legitimate now look chances are Nothing will happen to your mum and dad. They're not killing everybody. These things, they're not. They're not harming everybody. But you're in a terrible right. situation. My bet, better half is in the same situation. Her mum is a great woman, and she's had the jabs, and will continue to have them, and doesn't want to hear anything said uh, against the jabs. And my missus has to try and navigate that, as as you're doing. Your fear for the person you love, you know, you don't love anybody any more than you love your parents, or maybe your children. But what? How do you go about it? It's very hard.
5: I know. I know. It's like I say. I've I've, I've fallen out with my father over it. Um, Not
0: permanently, I hope.
5: No, no, no. We we you know we we talk, and actually, like <laughs> the guy, my dad, bless him. The guy, like he, he he's like getting into GB News, and no, I that's mean we all know that like controlled. It, it
0: is, but it's a start. But, At least he might hear something on there, you know.
5: To be opened up to yeah. things, but he doesn't get the jab. It's like, you know, if we've been lied to, to about the moon landings or whether the Earth is flat or the globe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. Does it really matter? We're arguing. No, sure.
0: you're bang on. This is the most important issue at the moment. They're putting jobs in people's arms, and we know that those jobs are dangerous for some people. We know that yep. they're very dangerous for some people, and that's there's nothing more important now than getting that information to people as quickly as we can. Millie, if you want to make another quick point, because I do have another call coming in, that's a brilliant call, pal. I'm glad you got through, mate. No, no, no,
5: that's all good, Richie man. Like, um, but um, just like going back to last night's show. There's a guy called Jason Brashears and I think it's archaics.com Really interesting theory. Check it out, man.
0: Archaics.com I'm writing it down as you're talking to me. Yeah, I will and I will. I genuinely will. I mean, I got it there,
5: yeah.
0: Dot, dot com. Listen, do me a favour. Have a lovely Christmas. Thanks for calling you in, too, pal. Daddy. And look after your parents.
5: You too. Rise above.
0: Rise above. Great stuff, Millie, and Happy New Year to you as well. Millie there, brilliant call, that. That's hard, that, isn't it? Elderly parents, four jabs, flu jabs. And you know that these jabs do hurt some people. And you know that these jabs are hurting more people than the other jabs did for 50 years. And you know this. And your parents are taking it. And your parents don't care or are not interested in what you have to say about it, and they won't look at the, the opinions of other doctors, and this is worrying you, how do you deal with it? Uh, this is your Richie Allen show. The time is 14 minutes to the top of the hour. Caller, we're back to the phone lines. Good evening. Who am I speaking to? Hello, Richie. Good evening. Wh- who have I got?
6: Hi, Richie. It's Dean. I spoke to you last week from Lancashire.
0: How you doing, Dean?
6: I'm very well, thank you. Good,
0: Davion, I'll ask you to be brief now only because you were on last week and there are other calls in the system. Go ahead.
6: It's a super brief one, this, Richie. Um, During this this COVID thing, when we had the daily briefings from allegedly Downing Street, you know, with uh, Patrick Vallance and uh, Kitty and Boris Johnson, I actually made a note of what they said. This was actually a verbatim quote, which I'll read to you. It's very quick. Uh, it was actually at 5.22 p.m. on Thursday, the 16th of April, 2020. So it's very early on this, actually d- during the briefing. And this is what Patrick Vallance said. He was the UK Chief Scientific Advisor. He said it's worth remembering that the ONS rates are people that have got COVID on their death certificates. It doesn't necessarily mean they have been infected because many of them haven't even been tested. Amazing. Now, to cover this up, Chris Whitty then quickly interjected, and he said, the ONS data tells us, of course, that not only people who have COVID on their death certificates with a diagnosis, and some of which are on the basis of tests, and some on the basis that the doctor thought it was likely, but not Definite, And that's a direct quote, and that was when it was said, which was actually, like I've said, on the Thursday, the 16th of April 2020, during the briefing with Boris Johnson, and that was at 5.22pm. I actually heard it live, and I was astonished by what they said, because it almost revealed then that they were falsifying the definition. They knew. And you know
0: I, I remember that clip. I played that clip in the monologue of the following Monday's show.
5: Did you? I, yeah,
0: oh, right. I, I did. <laughs> I, and I've got I've got it here. I don't know if I'll be able to find it today. But I've got yeah. a bank I've got a bank full of quotes by Whitty, including I mean that's about the craziest thing. You, you know your quotation there, incredible but you remember another briefing where he spent two minutes explaining to people that COVID really wasn't a, a threat to anybody, remember That's that right. quote where he kept watering it down, he said very yeah. few people will get, very few people will get this he said, and of yeah. those people who get it, very few people will be sick of those yeah. people who are sick, very few of them will require care of those, very few will go to hospital and he watered it all down I mean yeah. this is just stunning stuff Dean really
6: it is, but I think that revealed which something which we we've learned later, and it goes back to your previous call with the Madazaram yeah. connection. He I was think, in on
0: it. You, just just quickly before I take another call, Dean. Great to hear. I hope you're keeping. I hope you're driving safely, pal, on the black ice roads at the moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 mental at the moment. Tell me, um, uh, that quotation. Then, I mean, if you were a, on a jury, on a twelve, uh, on a jury, a panel of twelve. You would determine that Chris Whitty knew the whole thing was a scam. He's in on it,
6: basically. That impressed me straight away as soon as it was said. And that's why I literally, I had a a facility on the TV to pause it. I wasn't actually recording the thing. I had the facility to rewind it. I thought, I must write this down because it's of historic significance. So rather than the fact I couldn't record it, I literally wrote it down then verbatim. And I think it's the reveal, really, at the time, that obviously, when they are working to a script and they're asked certain questions, they can't work to a perfect word by word script and they have to ad lib. And during that ad lib, that reveal came out that they knew it was a scam and they knew that they were killing people you know, from the, the care homes, so the hospitals via the care homes um, with this midazolam concoction. Um, and I think that was the reveal of it, but people never picked up on that. I know you. Did, I didn't actually hear that on your program. I must have missed that on that occasion. But I was just looking through some notes the other day after I, sp- after I spoke to you, and I thought it may be relevant. I know it's, it's back. No, it is relevant. Isn't?
0: It is. Yeah, I, I, I'll dig it out. I will dig that out. I'm. I'm absolutely certain I have that. I never deleted any of this stuff. I kept it all for future use. Yeah, that's good. Great but stuff, but team.
6: I didn't have to record it, so I just did it that way quickly. Brilliant. But I, I think very quickly before I go. Yeah. It's I think we're, you know, we're talking about the older generations, what's actually happening with them. And I think one of the plans is to actually get rid of the older generation so that the memory of the previous normal, if you want to use that term, compared to the new normal, that will be beyond living memory. And they can introduce new things that the, that the other generation, which I can see probably the mid-40s downwards, um, We'll never have any, any perception of what it used to be like prior to all this, this tyranny which they're introducing. How And everyone go along and accept it more easily.
0: That's a bleak picture, Dean, but I, I totally get it, mate. I totally get it. I'm going to take <laughs> one more call before I go, buddy. As I'm not giving you the brush off, but you were on last week. But that was a hugely important call, so thanks for bringing yeah. it up. And I, I, I'm going to get that audio. It's okay. there summer. If I don't speak to you, pal, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and yours, Dean. And
6: you, Richie. Thanks very much.
0: You're, you're very welcome Dean there um, yeah that's what, everything he said there is bang on on the money on the money I've got time I think for one more call I think I've got time for one more ado it'll have to be quick though caller welcome to the programme who am I speaking with
2: Hi Richie it's Al Bass Ninja, Base Ninja.
0: Uh, Al- Alan how are you it's been a long time how you doing pal
2: I'm not bad, Richie. Uh, apologies, first and foremost, because this is the first time in months I've been able to listen to you. I've been working in your neck of the woods, oh, you're unfortunately, di- in Salford.
0: You're, you're in Salford. Why didn't you let me know? I could have I met you for a lunchtime pint.
2: You well, got I a know, left in the evening in a, in a certain government building, in a certain part of Salford, if, you know, if you catch me drift.
0: I catch your drift. No, yeah,
2: I'm going no, to keep it nice and brief, because you've got about, what, nine minutes left?
0: I've got about four minutes left. Looking at it, it's three wow. minutes. It's it's, it's fifty three already. So I've got about four minutes. So go ahead, buddy. Lovely to hear from you.
2: Uh, well, I'm off to Poland tonight, and I went to Poland during the summer. My wife's over there in a minute. Obviously, uh, when she was over there, across from her mum's, because you imagine a little house in the state, and all she could hear was Russian language, Russian, right? So she starts wondering why there's Russian being spoken, and she says, "Oh my God, these are Ukrainians." And she has an argument with one of them and one of these ukrainians says i was born in poland i'm polish in russian so when i was out there guess what language i could hear russian 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 so i'm wondering when i get there is that the language i'm going to hear again russian or am i going to hear polish because there is a distinctive difference between russian and, and ukrainian now obviously a lot of ukrainians do speak russian my wife can speak russian she's polish a lot of poles can understand russian I can speak about three or four words in Russian. Yeah. It doesn't make me a fluent speaker. I can speak Polish quite proficiently. But, you know, last, about 2014, 15, when I was out there, me, when my wife was shopping around, she said to me, can you hear that accent from this lady who's serving you? And I was like, no, she went, she's Ukrainian. And I was like, no way. And then I heard her speak in Ukraine. I was like, no way, there's such a difference. So I'm just, when you're standing, because I'm going to Gdansk, you can actually see Kaliningrad in the distance which is, you know, with their big Baltic fleet, the Russian Baltic fleet is there. So I'm kind of intrigued how my family are going to react when I turn up and go, it's your country blew up them pipelines with mine. (laughs) My father-in-law's going to go nuts, but I'm going to have that polite conversation with him.
0: You're not going to to swerve it. You're just going to jump in with two feet, yeah?
2: Yeah, no, I'm going to be polite, obviously, because I want to get out of (laughs) Poland alive.
0: But they're... Perspective on this so-called crisis, this conflict, would be very, very interesting. I suppose they're they're getting their information from as we would do here, not you and me, but as most people would hear from Sky and the BBC. So presumably they get their information from national media too. In which case it'll oh, be just one-sided.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's fully right-wing out there, mate. It's fully on you know just the party which is in control called the Party. Is how you say it in Polish, where it translates to is. Law and Peace, I think is what it translates to in English. Is that Law right? and Peace Party. You're kidding me. Something like that. And they are a right-wing conservative party. They're the ones who are sticking their fingers up to the EU about the border control. Yeah. All that. they have being, you know... And they're so still... They're, but they're
0: still naturally and totally understandably, they're still very suspicious of Russia. Why wouldn't they be? Countries that got out from behind the oh, yeah. air Curtain, They don't want to have any part of Russia. And I totally understand that.
2: Well, you know, they, as a poll said plain to me, post-45... Onwards, or if you include the war as well. So if you include from nineteen thirty nine to the end of the freedom of Poland in eighty nine, the approximately about forty million Poles were killed by the Russians. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, there's a lot of hatred. Of
0: course there is. No, and, and, there is a genu- and there is a genuine national movement in Ukraine. Yes, there are Nazis. We know this. We know that Zelensky is a puppet. We know what Victoria Nuland did in Ukraine when they, when they overthrew the government. We know all this. It's all true. But Ukraine was, was its own country 300 years ago. But people don't want to know. In, in the independent media, so much of it is just as bad as the mainstream. Everything is black and white, but it isn't black and white.
2: Oh no, I don't see it as black and white. Oh no, I know it's you don't, gray. I know
0: you don't, Jesus, no, but, 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 but people do. So we've got 30 seconds, look, because it's, it's already coming up to four minutes too. So you're having a white Christmas then, Al, you're looking forward to it. I am, to... yeah,
2: it's white and li- in the Scousland anyway, but yeah, it's going to be proper white when I get out there. It's yeah. minus nine apparently, so it's been colder than Salford. A
0: little bit co- well, it'll be much colder. This time next week it's supposed to be much mild, milder here. Pal, it was great to hear from you, it's been too long. And um, you
2: are always good to speak to your mate, I was glad, I'm so happy you're back online again
0: thanks very much maybe they might
2: let me back on Twitter if they let you back
0: on Twitter why why, why would they ban you exactly well I'll campaign for you no no, no doubt about it Merry Christmas buddy Happy New Year and thanks and you thanks Al Bass Ninja on social media he's an engineer he's a bass player he's a musician and uh, a top man. That's it. Look, I've got to get out now. Thanks to everybody who called in. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks so much to Natalie Byrd in the first hour and continued success to her in her legal battle for her discrimination case against the Liberal Democrats. Go to crowdjustice.com. Look for Natalie Byrd Legal Fund. I have been Richie Allen. I'll speak to you next time we speak will be Sunday morning at 10 o'clock UK time for Sunday Morning Melodies. I'm closing out with a very gentle very soft, a glorious little piece of music by Aaron Ray. This is Cosmic Sigh. It's Cosmic Sigh. Talk to you on Sunday. Bye.